You're listening to ViewSource, a conversation around tech, web development, and WordPress with hosts Ruba Ahmed, that's me, and Brian Kortz. Hello. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing fantastic, as I always say when you ask me that opening question every time. (laughs) Every time. It's always the same. Well, I'm doing pretty okay myself. Today, we are going to dive right back into our React series, and it's part five, I guess. Yeah, it's part five. And, you know, we've been on this journey where we started with a bit of React on our WordPress website, and then we started building an accordion. And eventually, we're going to turn that into an accordion block in the block editor. Um, But we're not quite there yet. The last time we were here, Brian had finished turning our little accordion component into a series of mini components that do different parts of the accordion Mm -hmm. and we walked through a part of that right yeah we we looked at you know you have an accordion you have the panel you have the header you have all these little separate pieces how can i break them apart how can i share data between them you know we we stopped right at right at the like edge of like how do i share interactivity and events between them but but uh that's what we're we're here to to get into today right yeah, so, you know, how does React's interactivity actually work? What is the core piece that you sort of find yourself working with when you uh, want something to react to something else that you're doing as a user? That's what we're going to dig into today. So let me go ahead and share my screen. And I'm super excited to see what you've done. I feel like you've got to have changed my code a little bit. Um, you know, it's kind of like a it's a real pair programming because we each take turns kind of like chipping away at the code. And uh, so I'm excited to see what's happened since the last episode. Yeah, so I'm sharing my screen here. And right now we're seeing that that sort of proper accordion that Brian built, which is more than just one panel. So there's a first hello world and I can open that up and see the lorem ipsum. And then there's another one. I can open that up. If I were to open another one without closing the first one, the current one that was open will close when you open the new one, right? So they sort of have a relationship there. They toggle on and off based on the interaction that you have with other other pieces. So that's the part that Brian built. And what we want to talk about now is what happens that makes that interactivity happen without the page refreshing. So if you were looking at this, Brian, what would be your guess about how this works? So, you know, I have a good high level understanding of React and I have experience in it, but I would never like if I had to actually look at inside of React itself, it would definitely be like way over my head. Like, what is it doing? You know what I mean? Like, I just know how to make it do the things I want. You know, versus say WordPress, where you're like more, I understand from like line one, you know, what's happening. So mm-hmm. from my understanding of React is like, essentially, every time you make a change, it's sort of like removing and repainting really everything in your component. Like, so your component yes. kind of like, almost instantly like disappears and it is repainted fresh. It's like, a, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's rendered fresh every time there's a change, which is why a change over here can impact over there, because it's just going to say like, I'm watching all the changes and I'm just going to paint the whole thing fresh every time you do a little change. Do I have that right? That's right. 
Yeah, I mean, there are situations where it may not be painting the entire thing from like from fresh from get go. But yes, essentially, every single time you interact with a piece of uh, React, a part of a React application, it's we've talked about the virtual DOM in our very, very first episode of this series. You know, that's where it's going to compare the virtual DOM based and the current actual what's on the what's in the browser and then based on that it will swap out and make those changes to make it look interactive and react so i actually made a little bit of change to the code like you guessed (laughs) uh, to just sort of show and sort of demonstrate you know when you do react or change something in here the app is in fact re-rendering so I've opened up the console, and the very first thing you're going to see in this console, aside from this jQuery migrate uh, <laughs> thing that's always there, <laughs> yeah, is it says re-rendered accordion component zero times. So I had just finished refreshing the page. It has just been zero really means one. Like it's just been re-rendered once. But yeah. now if I it's open It's been re-rendered up, zero times because it's been rendered true. once. Yes. So you, you were not wrong. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So now if I click on the very first accordion component to accordion header to make it open, it opened. And now we see a new message in the console and it says re-rendered accordion component one time. Or well, it says one times, but you know. And if I close it, now you can see it's saying it's re-rendered it a second time. So every single time I am interacting with this app, with this little React application and something is changing in the DOM, it's re-rendering every single thing. So it's not just hiding and showing this one component, everything, all the functions, all of the stuff involved in this app is being run again. Yeah, and I think we've talked before about the idea that, you know, right now we're showing, we're not just showing and hiding things with the accordion. We're like actually removing it. Like when when yes. it renders it right here, it's literally not rendering anything in between those buttons. It's only rendering the little lorem ipsum panels um, when they're mm-hmm. actually visible. So um, exactly. that's so part if I were of the to reason go, why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If I go and look in the code, literally right now, all you see is these three H2 uh, sort of wrapper buttons. And then if I were to open one, you can see automatically underneath that first H2, we have that actual panel that showed up. Nice. So, so we've seen it re-render. We've seen yes. it do this. What, I mean, what's the, like, how do, how does it know? Like what, what's the process for it to say, like, how does mm-hmm. he, like, what is it, what tells React? Okay. Something changed, repaint. Like, what is that called? Like, what, what do you, yeah. what do you call that? So this is where the concept of state really comes in, right? We're managing the status, the state of some part of this application. There's something that we're keeping track of and then updating when uh, an interaction happens. And really state management is that core mm, part of React that makes React what React is. It's why Facebook invented it to be able to manage those reactions. Like, you know, you talked about it in our very first episode too, that, you know, when you 
click like somewhere or have a notification that shows up here, it shows up in another part of the application as well, because you're managing the, that, that is like sort of a global variable that all the different parts of the application are aware of. So in, in React, we actually have a hook called useState. And you, you have used useState to create um, an active ID that we talked about last time for managing what accordion component is open. So do you want to walk us through what Active ID does and how you change it? Yeah, sure. So and like I also think of state like as like short-term memory in the sense that it's mm. like it's memory. It exists when you load your page and it's kind of remembering things in the moment. Um, right. It's not like long-term memory, which would maybe be a database and some APIs and stuff. And it's right. sometimes you change data and that's like your short-term memory being updated and stuff. And then, mm -hmm. you know, further down the line, we'll probably get into the process of taking that and pushing it deep into your long-term memory so that it's, you know, you're remembering things for the future. But state is just like, right. What, what's happening right now. So, right. So when we, um, when we like use state, we call the use state function and we basically grab two things out of it. We, so on line 32, you can see like I'm defining two mm -hmm. constants. One is the actual value that I want to store. We're calling it active ID because mm -hmm. we're saying like, which ID of our accordion is active? Is it the one with the zero? Is it the first one? Is it number two? Like what is the ID number of the one that's currently active and open? So that's the first yes. variable we're getting. And then we're getting a second variable, which is really a function called set active ID. And that's our way to update it. Like we don't just change active ID. Yeah. We don't just change the value of the variable. That's the, mm -hmm. we just, oh uh, no, that's like, we'd be in big trouble if we did that. We <laughs> tell our state with that function, please update this for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And state does a good job of like not screwing that up for us. So that's what line 32 right. is. It's like, what am I, what's the value? And give me a little function I can use when I want to change that value. Right. And because this is all set up as a constant, these are set up as constant variables, essentially functions. That's why you can't really go ahead and change active ID. It's meant to be affected by something else and not changed directly on its own. So that is the state you have set up here. And then uh, you have this function called expand. And it's the, that's the part that is actually changing what is put into active ID. And here is where we have the thing that I really like and the thing that you really don't like, <laughs> which is a ternary function. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to walk us through why, or at least what this is doing first? Yeah, let's talk about, so expand is basically, it's a function that's like, when I click on a button, call this function. Yeah. It's like, it's our classic, like on click event for clicking the buttons. Um, it's something you would do in any sort of JavaScript. Like even if you were building your jQuery accordion or something, you'd have, you know, when I hit click run this function, that's what the expand yes. function is. Right. And what the function yeah. needs to do is basically say, whatever button I clicked, that's the accordion that I want expanded. And mm -hmm. I also want you to go ahead and close all the other accordions, right? Like make sure right. the other ones are not still open. So, right. When I wrote it, I wrote it three different ways because I thought mm -hmm. there would be uh, kind of fun to see three different examples. So example one is like, just set the active ID to the accordion that I, that I clicked on, that I clicked on. So yeah. is this, can you save it and run it or no? Yes. 
I can. So I saved it. And when I click on the first one, it opens. Yeah. And you click on the second one and the second mm -hmm. one opens because I'm setting the activity yes. too. But what right. happens if I click on the same one twice? Nothing. I can't close it because all I did was yeah. I set it to just set the active ID, but I didn't say right. unset the active ID if I click on the button again. Like, right. You didn't toggle it. It's not a toggle. Yeah. You can, it clicks to expand, but it never says, oh, I clicked on the same one, unexpand. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, so we'll go back to the code. So I wrote it that way first and I very uh -huh. quickly saw that it was not a good way to write it. Um, yes. <laughs> so example one, then we have example mm -hmm. two, which is the one we've had active, but let's yeah. skip over it first and let's go to example three because example three is the same thing. It's just the, the very verbose version of it. It's, right. um, we, we break down all the logic into separate lines so we can make sure we're mm -hmm. very clear what's happening here. It's a proper if statement, WordPress style. <laughs> yeah. If, um, I think we probably talked about this before, but I know I'm very like, I'm coming around, but I'm very partial to my like <laughs> long winded code. That's like easier to read. Um, you know, yeah. you, you do, you do grow into the, the ternary functions, but I really, uh, yeah. I love this. It's pretty easier. And we've it's, looked at, yeah. Good. And we've looked at how when ternary functions actually don't make sense, like in our debugging, uh, debugging episode, we had a ternary expression and it just made no sense to use it because we were looking at more than two things, right? So it's really only appropriate in certain situations. Yeah. It's really great for like binary choices. Like <clears throat> yeah. either I want this or I want that. Once you get more like different things and, and the logic is more complicated, uh, it can get too hard. Like if you see, if you start seeing multiple ternaries, like changing mm -hmm. something and then something else changes that and then something like then you're you're probably on yeah. the wrong path yeah <laughs> so what okay. we're doing here you click mm -hmm. the expand button what we're doing is we're checking what is the current active id that's already existing the the variable right. and is it right. is it the one that's that we clicked on right now and if it mm -hmm. is then just null out the active id so that there's no active and that's going to basically collapse all the accordions awesome. and give us that that collapse. And then if not, make the one we clicked on active. Right. So now if I go back to my actual window here and I refresh, I can click on the very first accordion item and then I can click on the second one and that closes the first one and opens the second one. And if I click on the second one again, it will in fact close that one because by doing that, we actually nulled out that active ID. Yeah. So like, and also, you know, we had to use null because we couldn't just say like zero because obviously our first accordion is indexed to zero. Yes. Just a that's, is that's right. kind of a standard thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, we have and, that set up in our accordion array at the top here, which I'm showing on screen right now. <laughs> so we can look at example two now, which is the the kind of like very like it's all of that in one line of code, which is like we're actually <laughs> doing all like. Because set active ID is our function that basically we have to pass set active ID either one of the a ID value. numbers or a null. Yeah, we got to pass some value. Mm -hmm. And here we have an entire like if statement all in one line in there. And it's that if statement's going to just return basically the correct value. It's going to return null or it's going to return the accordion ID. Right. So we have the first part of the expression or sorry, we have the first part of the statement that is an expression. That's what you would have put inside the brackets if you had an if there. So here it says active ID 
and is equal to with my ligature three equal signs right there and is equal to accordion.id. Then we have a question mark. So anything before the question mark, that's the that's the expression that we're evaluating. Then the first value after that question mark is what would happen if that expression we were checking is true. If it's true in this case, so if active ID is the same as the current accordion ID that we've clicked on, we want to set this value for set active ID to null. Then we have a colon and then whatever we want to happen if that expression was false. So if the current active ID is not the same as the one we've clicked on, then we want to set it to be that current one we clicked on and open that one up. So it's all happening in one. And you know we've seen that this happens, this is far more common in JavaScript than in PHP, right? Yeah, why do you have I have a theory. Do you have a theory why? Because even the WordPress coding standards, they're pretty strict on the stuff in the PHP. Like they really don't like, you know, they really want your code to be so readable for beginners and stuff. And I think we've all yeah. experienced the fact that in the JavaScript side of WordPress, a lot of that expectation of the commenting the code and making code really verbose, like really is not mm-hmm. quite as strict as it was in like the PHP side. Um and right. it's just a it's just a different way of thinking. Why do you think these sort of like ternary expressions are so prevalent in JavaScript? So I can't speak to why the codes, why the standards are like more relaxed. My theory there would be that it's because it all started to get really fast when Gutenberg development was happening and having to, being able to move that fast was not going to work as well with having to be super, super verbose about every single thing if it's breaking and changing constantly. But for the ternary statements, you know, when you write something like a variable, like a var, you know, variable equals to two plus two, the stuff be, that is in, in entirety, it's a statement. It's a, it's a statement, whether you're in PHP or in JavaScript, that would be considered a statement. But the stuff that is on the right side of that equal sign, which is what we're setting the variable to, that value, that's called an expression. So an expression in React, especially in JSX, you know, you can't have a statement, sort of like an if statement everywhere, but you can have an expression in a lot more places. So for example, if I wanted to have, if I want to return something conditionally in JSX, I can't write a statement there because it's all supposed to be rendered into HTML and there is no HTML for an if statement. But you can pass an expression and say, hey, um, if a certain value is true, if a certain value is real, then put this HTML on the page. That's why like ternaries are more common because as an expression, it's legal and valid to include when you're working with HTML or something that needs to get passed to the DOM. But then if statement, that's pure programming concept with a pure logic that can't that can't uh, live in the area that renders HTML, which is why ternaries became so common. <laughs> Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and I and I I think well, that's one thing is that's one reason I think a lot of people really like view and that more like declarative style where you can have like your vif mm-hmm. and your vls and you know I understand it's like if you're just starting the JavaScript framework path like something like view feels a lot like friendlier because you can do a lot of that yeah. sort of stuff. And if you've came from the WordPress world of like template tags and building out everything in your PHP, then like view feels yeah. a lot closer to that. Um, 
Yeah. I think there's another piece where like P- mm-hmm. the PHP world, like the way PHP runs is it is very linear. Like it's like what goes on this line, then what happens on this line, and then what happens on yeah. this line. And everything is very like if I put something here and then I put something here, I know what's going to happen. But JavaScript a lot of times doesn't really work that way. And like a lot of times you really want to be as quick as possible through everything so that stuff can kind of like execute as effectively um, as possible. Yeah, totally. I think that whenever we think of asynchronous anything, we automatically first think of JavaScript, right? And when you have things that are happening asynchronously, you don't know when what's going to evaluate. So if you need something to work, you it's it's safer to put it all in one line than to have it over multiple lines or in multiple places because you don't know which part is going to end up happening first, right? Yeah. We Yeah. So one example of what you were talking about where you can can't be as conditional is in the accordion mm-hmm. item. So this is the accordion item component, but like if you actually go into that component, we don't want to yeah. show the content unless the unless it's mm-hmm. actually set to be expanded and so that's like one example of where you put that kind of like you know that you're you're expression, sort of tr- yeah. you're trying to use a conditional but really it's an expression and like that yeah. that right there like took a minute for me to wrap my head around yeah and uh, you know you wouldn't have you couldn't you don't necessarily have to write it this way right? You could in fact have done an entire if statement and then had a return that either returns the accordion header and the panel, or it just returns the accordion header, right? So that would have been the if statement version of doing that. But the downside of that is now you have two return statements to pay attention to and look at what is happening. Whereas in this case, you know that there's just one return. You look down and you get to, into this function, see what's going on, and then see which part you need to pick out and like sort of read and evaluate or debug or whatever. You know, you have one source of truth to deal with instead of saying, oh, if this is true, then I got to look at that return statement. But if this is true, then I got to look at that return statement. And maybe you made a mistake in one and didn't make it in another and they're very similar and it's hard to spot. I mean, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely like you want that dry code. Don't repeat yourself. You want everything mm-hmm. broken down. Um, yeah. One other question. Our accordion button that we're clicking is all the way mm-hmm. in that header component, right? Like that's where the on click is. But yes. the logic of the function that I run when I click it is way up in the app.js, app. right? So how does it work that my accordion header component, which is like two components down this little tree can actually Mm -hmm. trigger? Because I think that's a lot of, you know, a lot of times the the thing about state is you kind of want state at the highest point, you know, and you want it to like trickle down. So how am I clicking something way down here and sending that, that event all the way up here? First of all, whenever, because like you said, you want to have state at the highest possible level that you would want access to it. So in this case, you know, we want active ID in this very highest level because we want to be able to control all the different accordion items from here if needed, and which we do. But then here in the your return statement, you actually pass not only the state, the, the, the active ID state, but you actually also pass the function that help, that controls that, um, that changes the actual active ID as well, right? Based on the evaluation. So because you've passed that down as props, it, 
the app, the React knows to pay attention to that part of the app as well in order to deal with that state. If you hadn't passed it down, then whatever changes you made there would be localized and wouldn't cause a re-render of the whole app. So there are also situations that you could have a React application where making a change of some sort of state doesn't actually render the entire application again. For example, in the block editor, each little block is kind of like a little React application of its own sitting inside this larger React application, right? So you can affect and re-render your, your block without causing it to re-render everything else around it. You can, yeah, so it, it knows to pay attention to state wherever you passed it that state. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in my accordion header, there's a, you know, there's literally the on click event of my button, right? Like that's, there's just a standard button and it's hitting expand. And if we follow that back up, that expand variable is just a prop that we passed, but it's a prop that Mm -hmm. we passed that that's essentially sending that function down. We're saying exactly. This is just a function. You can now use this function that you defined here. You can call it anywhere else that you've passed it down. Uh, Your props don't have to just be values. They can be functions as well. Exactly. You can pass down anything, literally anything in there that could be stored in some sort of variable or given a name. In uh, You could even technically pass it an anonymous function as well. But once you pass it down, it'll actually be associated with the name because you have to give it a name in order to pass it as a prop, as a property yeah. of that item. Yeah. So there are other ways that you can also pass down or, or share, share knowledge of state or any kind of information between different parts of a React application. One of them is this thing, this funky thing called context, but I don't think we're quite there yet where we can explore that. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, that, I think that's a good question of where we should take this conversation next because there's so many... You know, I think that we both, we want to end up with an accordion block, I think has got to be yeah. the final thing, but like, it makes yeah. so much more sense to like learn all of these pieces before you get into like mm-hmm. WordPress react and block editor react, which is yeah. very different. So it, it makes me wonder what, what could we see as like, give us a preview. What do you think? What are you thinking should be the next thing that needs to happen with this accordion? I honestly think that it is time for us to go into the block editor. No? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think you're probably right. Like it functions, it's accessible, it yeah. does all the stuff we need it to do. So now mm-hmm. I should be able to actually like populate the content in the back end of WordPress. Yeah. And I think that when we do that, we have to start out that same way where we just do a single accordion item first. What does that look like? And then what are our options for creating a proper accordion? So which is, you know, a set of accordion items, not just one. What does that experience look like? And what kind of react does it take when those things have to be dynamically populated and can't just be a little array of values and IDs that we hard-coded into the application. And as <laughs> anybody who's done any block editor-based sites has already done this, <laughs> like you've done, yeah. you know, you've built an accordion and you're just thinking, all right, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made to get, yeah. to, get to that point. And like eight different ways that you could achieve it depending on 
how you wanted to or what kind of experience, editing experience you wanted to create, right? Because mm -hmm. once you get into the block editor, you're not just thinking about, oh, what is the code required to accomplish this task? It's also, what is the code required to make this an intuitive or user-friendly task, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people get tripped up on. You know, it's not just the final markup of the actual accordion, and it's not just the functionality mm -hmm. of the actual expanding. It's the user experience of adding that content and Exactly. How do I add another accordion to my, you know, how do I add another panel? How do I put content yeah. in here? How do I edit it? How do I, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Like you, you do have to kind of build that out and there's tools to do it, but uh, mm -hmm. it definitely requires um, some, some thought and planning. Yes. Yeah. And like, how can I work with the block editor's existing language and way of expressing itself to the the user instead of just, you know, oh yeah, I thought I should do it this way. And then I did it. And now five different people have made five different blocks in five different ways. And you have sort of a jarring experience that is a lot like the notification chaos of the current WordPress dashboard. Yeah. I mean, I do think compared to the difference between using two different page builders, we are getting to a place where that backend user interface is a little bit more consistent, but yes, yes, you, you people, I think would be surprised to see how much actually freedom you have when designing the editing interface of your block. And, mm -hmm. um, you really do want to give something that feels consistent and cohesive and still easy to understand. Yeah. So and there'll be a lot to unpack there. Definitely. So yeah, I think that in our next episode of this series, when we get there, is to look at what a initial accordion item looks like as an editable experience in the block editor. All right. I definitely, I mean, I have some ideas because <laughs> so <do laughs> like I've I been, been doing this a few times, so I'm looking forward to yeah, this. Yeah, me too. So I'll see you in the next episode then. All right. See you then. <laughs> Visit viewsource.fm for the latest updates and links to the show notes. Review and subscribe to ViewSource in iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.